It's just one word, really, and that's joy. My strap line on the YouTube is it's for the joy of running. I enjoy my running, and that's why I film it. That's why I'm on social media. That's why I share it. I actually genuinely enjoy it. I'm not doing it for the the shillings. I'm not doing it for the uh, you know the grind and all that kind of stuff. I definitely don't find it a grind at all. In fact, I did tweet. I said, if you don't feel like going for a run, don't. Yeah. So there's people who talk about these magic cures where oh you can do this, put these. Uh, yeah, no, you can actually do nothing. It's okay. I think some people put people on a guilt trip, but my summary would be is just go out and enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Running Tales podcast. I'm Craig Lewis and the voice you heard there was that of Donato, aka the poet with pace. Donato has definitely not always been a runner. Indeed, he didn't even start running until he was in his 50s and he only took to the sport to raise money for charity. But once he started, there's been no stopping him. Since completing his first half marathon at Birmingham back in 2015, he's gone on to break a Guinness World Record for the fastest marathon dressed as a hospital patient, he's completed five marathon majors, and he's raced for England at Masters level. Along the way, he's also amassed a YouTube following of close to 5,500 subscribers on his Chatty Adventurer channel, where he creates video of his races filmed while using a GoPro. You can also catch him on Twitter, where he comes under the moniker Poet with Pace. I spoke to Donato about how he first started running and why he loves the sport so much. But I started our conversation by asking him why it took him so long to start running. Very good question, Craig, because uh, I didn't want to. <laughs> didn't feel like it. It hurt a lot. Um, you name it, it was everything. And, and really... Um, you know, without going into too much detail, I had various physical issues um, that prevented me not only from not running, but I couldn't uh, really walk a lot. So um, in my 20s, I was in and out of hospital quite a lot with all sorts of ailments. And I remember being diagnosed where I had some issues with my knees and stuff. And this one doctor says, oh, we're going to have to perform some surgery on your knees and move the tendons around, at which I said, no, thanks. Goodbye. But uh, but yeah, so as you can imagine, uh, no, <laughs> it just hurt a lot. Although when I did get started, it hurt a little bit. You know, the first one was always the difficult one. But but yeah, so in answer to your question is uh, I wasn't probably physically able to do it. Yeah, I, I want to kind of get into how you eventually started it in a minute. But the, the question that comes up with that was, as you got older, did did those problems, did those ailments just kind of disappear? Or, or was it running that, that eventually bizarrely solved them? No, they just eventually went away. I think a lot of things tend to, you know, the classic, you know, when you pick up an injury, often the best solution is uh, <laughs> do nothing, you know. So uh, whilst obviously there are injuries where you have to do something like tendons and so on that you shouldn't be sitting down doing nothing, you need to do active recovery. I think with these ones, it was just a case of, I think I'd done something. Uh, I think one of the doctors mentioned because of my ice skating, I used to do a lot of ice skating. They said that could have caused the uh, issues and also had various back problems as well, sciatica and, and all sorts of things. So I guess it was a combination, lots of road accidents as well. So I've got lots of broken bones around me. So I think it takes time for things to settle. I think a lot of people often see us where we are right now and think, oh, it's OK for you. But they don't really know the background. So for me, I think it just needed many, many years for the body to heal and be able to uh, start running. 
And so when you reach 54, no no running behind you, no inclination to run, what suddenly made you go out and, and do just that? <laughs> well, it, it was quite simple. I mean, a lot of people run for uh, charities. So a friend of mine who runs a local charity, Hibs Lupus Trust, posted on social media um, looking for people to do the uh, Birmingham Half Marathon. And at the time, I was already doing lots of walking. So I, was, I guess I was um, having that, seen that recent um, ultra, ultra, which was a very big debate. And <laughs> um, when I worked in the Channel Islands, I used to do a lot of walking and I'd done the walk around the whole island, which I think is now classed as an ultra. And um, I think the speed that I was walking is probably the speed that some people uh, run, run it around in. So I wasn't a fast walker, but I certainly built up. But it was built over many years. So I thought, you know, that uh, John Hibbs putting this up, I thought, well, if I can walk for, say, 40 miles, how hard is it to run 13? How little I knew. So as soon as I stepped out the front door, within 10 minutes, I got back, messaged him, no chance, because I nearly had a cardiac arrest or some lady in the park in South London. Look, you're all right, love. And that's my poor attempt at a South London accent. And I said, no, it's OK, I'll just need to sit down. Literally, it was, I'd barely been moving five minutes and I was completely, everything was hurting. Sat down, messaged John. I said, no, I can't do this. Count me out. And then he messaged back saying, you, you do know you can walk it. And I went, oh, well, if it's walking 13 miles, I thought it was a race. You know, we often believe races, you're supposed to run flat out as fast as you can. Little did I know that you can actually walk them or jog or do whatever pace you want. So I signed up for it. And then after a few weeks, I got a bit of this thing of why not do a plan. I have to stress, Craig, I had zero intentions of ever doing anything more than this. It was just going to be tick the box, done my half marathon, raise the money for charity, and I'm done. And that, and that's how it, it started. But as you know, one thing sometimes leads to another. And whilst I finished it and nearly died, I did end up in hospital with suspected heart attack a few weeks before the race. Before my family then. has various heart issues. Yeah, yeah. I'm basically, you know, I was in my bed about 2 a.m., came up with chest pains and was panicking and, you know, getting a bit of a panic attack. Um, but I calmed myself down. I do do a lot of yoga and all sorts, so I just calmed myself down. I thought I was okay. Went into work in the morning. By about quarter past eight, I was getting more chest pains. Phoned my GP and she said, you need to get into a, uh, go to a walking centre, NHS walking centre. Went in, explained my ailments. I turned around, went to sit down. I hadn't even sat down and they called me name. ECG and the lady got in a bit of a panic, says you need to get to A&E now. So I got rushed over. You do all the tests and so on. Thankfully, by about midnight, so bearing in mind I'd got to the walking at about 8.30 in the morning. By midnight, I said I could go home and it wasn't a heart attack, um, thankfully. Um, I have got a sibling who's had you know, a couple of heart attacks. Um, so I'm on what I call the high-risk register. I've had various families who've died from heart attacks and strokes. So, um, yeah, I've got to tread carefully. But again, some people may say it's lifestyle choices, why certain family members have had them. But um, but yeah, it's that's how it sort of started. So when I finished that half marathon, that was it. I was done with running because it was incredibly difficult, incredibly painful. 13.1 miles is a terribly long way. And um, I was just happy to finish and raise the money. And I felt great. And that was it. I was done. I finished my running, ticked the box, and I went back to walking. There you go. 
but you didn't, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, uh, the office I worked in, one of my managers, she says, oh, you, when, when I got back and people, you know, they're really kind. A lot of people responded me because they could see what I was going through. You know, when people see where you've started and they see where you've come, got to, you know, they, they reward you. So when you're seeing people every day in an office, which is probably a bit rare now these days, you know, do people still go into an office? Um, yeah. But yeah, th- back in 2015, people did go in the office and they, they would congratulate me and they could see, because I was quite a, at the time I wasn't mega big as I used to be in 2010, 2011. And um, so I had slimmed down a bit from the walking and various, uh, you know, changing me eating habits. But I had a manager, she said, oh, you should do London Marathon. And uh, I went, really? And then another one of the other managers, yeah, you should sign up for a marathon. And obviously the second word was off. No, there's no way I was doing it. 100% no way. Um, but I signed up for a 10K in West London and uh, ran that and managed to sneak under just under 45 minutes. I think it's 44 minutes, 56 seconds, something like that. I thought, hey, this is actually quite good. But long story short, Again, charity place came up. I did put me you know, there's no way getting into London. I think it was November, December, as we know at the time. You know, all the London places all snapped up by August, September, although it's, it's a bit different now. But back then they were all snapped up. But the charity where I was working, which was Prevent Breast Cancer, I had a message in December. Someone had dropped out of the Brighton Marathon. They said, oh, do you want that place? So I reluctantly said, yeah, go on in and downloaded a plan. And the plan, I picked the beginner's novice minimum three days a week um, because that's all I could fit in. You know, you work in long hours, office, traveling around the country. Yeah, I downloaded the plan and it said to start the plan, you've got to be able to run for 40 minutes continuously. And I think on the 28th of December, I went out for a run. I was with my kids at an Airbnb between Christmas and New Year. Ran around, I think it was somewhere in Pershaw, Worcestershire, ran around these country lanes. And I thought, bloody hell, this is hard. Because I hadn't done any rain, run, raining, running <laughs> since before, since finishing that 10K and all the half marathon. So it, it was hard, blooming work. But I thought, yeah, I just about got round. Let's start the plan. And, and that's how it started. I just followed the plan three days a week. I went and bought a Garmin because up to this point, I had no Garmin or any tracking device or anything. Not really bothered with that so i thought i'm gonna do a marathon i might as well get a garmin and uh, got myself a garmin funnily enough around this time of year black friday got myself a garmin heart rate monitor and i think by january once i started i then got myself a gopro to record because obviously my children genuinely were you know concerned and obviously family members concerned you know that uh, especially what i went through with the half marathon so it was just a way of recording and sharing things on youtube you know that's why i was just getting five or ten views per video it's just say look i've done my training here it is so a lot of the videos was just me running around croydon area and the trams and real dull boring stuff but at least it was showing me family that i was doing the training again i mean it was blooming hard work running that but i'd done the training finished in a what what is regarded a very respectable time but again I think I'd already decided I would do one more after that. I think at the Brighton Expo, I got to meet lots of really good people. And that's the thing with the running. I got to meet various people at various events. I was doing lots of halves, you know, and being in, in London. There was a lot of half marathons at the time. 
I don't think any of them exist anymore. So there wasn't the landmarks half or the big half. Those mm. didn't exist at the time. There was some dotted around like the North London half, the West London half. So I would take part in various half marathons to keep the training up. But uh, I would do, you know, basically just standard, I say standard training. I never, it's just easy stuff. I never done any hill training, never done any reps or anything like that. I would just run at the same pace all the time, every distance, and uh, always wondered why uh, the joys of social media, you know, you do get some interesting hints and tips. All I can say is don't listen to it. It's, most <laughs> of it is is nonsense. So I would always tail off during a, a long run uh, around, and dare I say, can you guess at about what time, Craig, my energy levels would deplete? <laughs> well, if we're talking marathon, I'm guessing you're doing it somewhere between 18 and 22 miles that you're starting to get tired. With the long runs, I think I never ran anything longer than my longest long run was around the Mulvans at a time. Again, it was during Easter holidays. I think that was 32 kilometers, about 20 miles, but my energy would always deplete building up to that after about an hour and a half. So I felt great. And then someone says, yeah. oh, you need to take gels. Yeah. That didn't do anything. Oh, you need to drink water. That didn't do anything. I got myself a backpack. That didn't do anything. Eventually, I found out I was just running too fast. Yeah. So whilst it felt fine, and it's a fine line, you know, I mean, I work in kilometrage. So, you know, it's a fine line running at a 445 kilometer and a 515 kilometer for me. I mean, I know some people run at six or seven minute kilometers. But I was just running too quick. Um, so once I learned to slow down, which I never did up to my first marathon, by the way, never did. Um, yeah. Never did during the marathon either. So you can imagine what happened, as you quite rightly said. At around 18 miles, I literally collapsed um, <laughs> in the toilet, sat down and couldn't get off the toilet, managed to get out and then just crawled around the last sort of seven miles. And it was literally a crawl. But you know, I finished, I knew I was going to do another one, but it, it was just the whole thing. And, you know, I met up with so many really good people and doing it for the um, Cancer Research UK. They had people at the finish and helping us and we had a massage. And what's great is because inadvertently I started, the YouTube channel was filming and I decided to film the actual marathon, that I have amazing video footage that I can play back anytime and just watch myself and either laugh, or cry along with it or think really did i really do that and <laughs> yes you did there's the video evidence but it's just um, amazing now and, and i've worked worked out the secrets because everyone knows what the secret is and that is that there is no secret you just go out and enjoy it and i i love every run if i don't enjoy it you know i, I wouldn't be doing it so why should say i waited 54 years i think it was worth the wait for me there was definitely, you know, as I say, back in my 20s, I, I, I couldn't run the toffee. And when I was at school, I was always the one at the back coming last anyway. So, you know, there was never any motivation to do anything. And the annual cross-country run that we had to do in the 70s was sheer hell. So, uh, no, didn't enjoy running. Why, why would I? You know, you, you, there's plenty of things in life. Life's too short to do things that you don't enjoy. You know, all this no pain, no gain and fighting through and brutal and all that. I said, nah, I don't, I don't, I'm not into that at all. It's all about fun, fun, fun. Yeah, well, no, I think that's a, I think that's a really good message, actually, because people can get a little bit too serious about it and try and uh, 
embrace pain and i guess if you're going to go out and run i don't know western states or something ridiculous then you're going to have to learn to embrace the pain but for most of yeah, us yeah. it's just about you know enjoying it and if a bit of pain comes through well we, we carry on and enjoy it and smile through it i'm interested as well though in and we'll get to kind of the reason behind this question as we go through through your story you've you've got to the stage now you're enjoying running but you're still this person who found a lot of pain in running didn't run for a long years his family are worried when you go running at what stage but did you actually realize that you were pretty good at this thing called running it was the second marathon yeah, the second marathon at Frankfurt. After finishing the first marathon at Brighton, I went to the London Expo and met the coaches who worked with the charity. And I managed to persuade them to take me on. So I, I took on a coach. I thought I need to do it properly because I knew there was things I wasn't doing right. I'd gone through a lot personally in that period where I'd lost me, lost me job or lost me contract, lost me mother, and I had to change location. I had to move house. As you can imagine, going through all those three things all at the same time, literally within a week of each other, it can be quite daunting. Whilst I you know, was going through the mourning, as they we all mourn in different ways, loss of loved ones, especially loss, loss of my mother. But I continued with the running, you know, because I don't think like a lot of families say oh you're you know in italian they were you're crazy why the hell are you doing this <laughs> um and i still get this i was at a wedding the other week and the non-running people still think i'm crazy and fine you know if i'm crazy but you know i can think of a lot more crazier things uh, <laughs> um I, I won't uh critique on that but uh <laughs> but yeah there's uh you know like watching netflix for 24 hours i mean come on that that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> If you want to watch Netflix for 24 hours continuously, carry on. But uh, yeah, I like to sleep now and again. But uh, when I followed that training plan, and obviously I had a professional coach, he now coaches the England endurance team. So you can say he knows what he was doing, but as in his words, I still had to do the training. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was doing something right, but he taught me a lot of basic things. And a lot of it I learned in terms of race day strategy. But when I finished that Frankfurt marathon, I, I thought I just I just had a great time. You know, it was it was all a bit of a blur. Obviously, when I finished, I did cry a lot because obviously memories of my mother and lots of things going on. But unbeknownst to me, I was just so happy. I forgot to stop my Garmin. So I don't know what the, the Garmin doesn't record the correct time. Obviously, there was a chip time. Um, but I had such an amazing time. When you look at the video, there's people who message me to this day, bearing in mind that was seven years ago. Six years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, whatever, somewhere around there, uh, 2016. So that's what, six years ago? People still message me. Even Frankfurt that was on in October, people ran Frankfurt and some of them ran some sub threes. They watch my video for inspiration. I don't regard myself as inspirational, but obviously I'm, I'm, I am. But uh, I don't see myself that way or anything special. But when I finished that, I say I, I just went back to the hotel, got changed, met up with a group. There was about 25 of us who all went for a meal. And I got to sit with a guy who finished in 2.20, 2 hours 20. And he wasn't happy. At the 25 of us, do you know who the happiest was? Oh, sorry, shall I rephrase that? Do you know who the slowest was out of the 25? Well, you, you I'm guessing from Me. what you're saying. Although... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the slowest. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with a bunch of super supreme elite athletes. And I was the slowest by a long shot. Yeah, I was the oldest by far anyway. But who was the happiest me <laughs> so i'd improved me time by over half an hour 
But I didn't know any of this. Nobody mentioned it to me until about a week later, a friend of mine says, oh, do you realize you've qualified for Boston, London, Chicago, and New York? And I went, what? So by the time I realized this, I went to enter Chicago. I'd missed it. I missed the entry date by 24 hours. And obviously, Boston had gone, so I had to wait another year. But as soon as the entries opened for New York, I entered straight away. But it's first come, first serve. And the website kept crashing. I didn't know if I got in quick enough. So it was at that point, Frankfurt, when I suddenly realized, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad at this. But I still had other things that I wanted to crack. So whilst I'm out there enjoying it, and I was filming it with a GoPro as well and having a bit of a laugh and banter. I do chat to people, those who can talk whilst running a marathon. But for me, it's it's just getting out there and enjoying it. So I would say, yeah, Frankfurt Marathon is when it suddenly dawned on me. When my friend messaged me, I, I went, no shit. You know, I didn't realize I'd qualified. Yeah. I had no idea what these qualifying times were. I, you know, I, I'd vaguely heard of Boston Marathon. Here it is. <laughs> so I got to flex the Boston. Yeah, and so I have right. ran Boston, but I, I, I know a lot of people go into running with those goals in mind, which is great, but I've never had any goals. I don't do, you know, I, I sometimes have a target or something. It'd be nice to get that. I think, I think that was it, but it still went on because there was still a lot more. I didn't realize a, a lot more to do. And, and just just for the record, so that, that so that people know what, what you managed to do, what, what was the time that day? It was three hours 15, which qualified me. Uh, I was five minutes inside London Marathon qualifying time for my age category, which was 55 to 60 at the time. I was 25 minutes, 20 minutes inside the Boston qualifying time inside Chicago. And I think I was about three minutes inside for New York. Yeah, three hours 15, which I guess for a 55-year-old is uh, relatively good. Yeah, well, it was obviously good enough for, for other people to start paying attention to, to what you were doing because I know you you eventually ended up qualifying for the England Masters Marathon team. How, how did that all come about? Yeah, I mean, again, I knew nothing about this. Even though I'd done that time in, in Frankfurt, I wasn't aware of England Masters or any kind of Masters races. I thought it was like for those special people who'd come from school. They'd been running from school and they'd been running forever. And they're all super fast and super duper and all that kind of stuff. Until a friend of mine, Paul Cochran, mentioned, oh, there's these Masters 10K races uh, where you travel around the country and do that. And I thought at the time when I was training for New York, I'd finally ran my first sub 40 10K. And I says, you want me to travel for like five hours both way, you know, to do just to run for 40 minutes. I'm, I wasn't really interested in that. And I sort of forgot about it. But then an opportunity came up to run Chester Marathon. So I then found out that you could do marathon distances and half. And I thought, well, I don't appear to be quick enough. Whilst Masters, I don't know if you're aware, Craig, with Masters, there's qualifying times, which is great, but you have to come in the top three of the race yeah. Yeah. or the qualifying places. So whilst I think for my 10k half marathon marathon i think the qualifying time for that age group 55 to 60 i think is three hours 20 whilst i'm inside that if the top three guys running 245 and there are people in that age group running you know 230 235 you know when they're running at those times you've got to come in the top three so it's all about doing that so i just entered chester i had no idea what i was doing i just went in ran my heart out 
and I was on for, you know, running around three hours and I thought this is going really good until about mile 16 and literally the legs just went, stop it now. You know, what are you doing? And uh, I slowed down quite considerably. And then if you know Chester Marathon, the last two miles, you hit a hill like that. And when your legs have already gone, I was literally almost reduced to a walk. I still finished in a time that got me in the top three England places. So whilst I wasn't top three in the age group, there are Scottish, Welsh, Irish people running as well. So it's about who's part of the England athletics and who's registered their place or intention to race. I mean, now it's got a bit more slick where when you are doing a qualifying race, you have to wear your club vest and you have to have your age category on the back of your vest or on your calf muscle so you can identify who's racing, um, which really helps for me, certainly in this year where I, I again, qualified for myself, qualified now three, three years consecutively at marathon distance. And then silly me thought, well, let's give the 10K and half marathon a go. So I looked at the races, spoke to a previous coach of mine, because I've been through quite a number of coaches. And the last coach I had, he's won majors when he was running in, in his heyday. And he said, it's about recovery. If you've recovered enough. So I'd qualified at Manchester this year for the England Masters place. So I then thought, well, let's give the 10K and half marathon a go. So I had about a month to recover. And in that time, I, I went and ran London again a week after <laughs> Manchester. And that was hard work. Whilst I say I, I never recommend, you know, certainly racing, because I'd raced Manchester, my legs hadn't recovered enough to, to run London properly. So it was okay for the first sort of five, six miles, but then it got cold and it was raining and everything was cramping up and it wasn't good. I had many toilet stops. But for me, I just wanted to recover because it's the, the temptation of London is too much. And when you've got a place, you feel like you're obliged to run it. But I recovered enough and then done the 10K in Bristol, which was a race, race. Oh, I, th I had the Birmingham 10K first, but I was pacing that at 45 minutes, and that felt okay. So I had a flag on me, as you do, so it's a great run. So I was pacing the 45. First time I ever paced for the great run officially, and I came in in a time of 45 minutes, point zero zero. Oh, <laughs> I thought, wow. <laughs> I wasn't even looking at me. I thought, wow, this is good. And uh, they messaged me and said, oh, that's brilliant. You know, do you want to pace again? So I was down for the uh, Great North Run. But um, so I'd done that as, as like a get things speed moving up. And then the following week went to Bristol, ran my heart out for the 10K, um, but never got anywhere near my PB, but managed to run under 40 minutes. I can't remember the exact time. I think it's 38 or 39 minutes. And I didn't think I was quick enough. And as you do, I got on my phone trying to find the results. And then I was third. I snuck in by the skin of my teeth, third place from the age group. The other two class athletes anyway, and very specialist in 10K. But So I got that one. And then I thought, right, I now have a week somehow to recover and do the Manchester half marathon. And it was a hot sunny day. And again, I had a particular strategy. I thought, if I can run around 90 minutes, I should be in with a shout and I could see other people with the 60 bib. So 60, I'm now in the category of 60 to 65 and they all just went off and I'm thinking, you know, I need to control this. And because it was a hot sunny day, I, I ran in a fairly steady pace 
And as we turned by Manchester City ground, I then started to pick up my pace. And it felt tough. And then we talk about pain. It wasn't painful, but it was quite incredibly hard. And then I started passing these other guys with the 60 bib and other bib. And, and as you're passing people, it's a bit like a Super Mario game. You get a bit of boost. And I could see the 90-minute pacer in the distance. And I thought, right, let's try and chase him down. And I did, and and I got the video footage shown. It was it was brilliant. When I caught up with the guy, literally with about 400 metres to go, I just went off like a bull in a china shop. And the photos, there's a guy where I'm in a pink tutu as well, running for Prevent Breast Cancer. And there's a picture of a guy looking at me like, who the hell is this guy waving and screaming? <laughs> and, uh, and in the video footage, he sprinted past me, the cheeky bugger, even though I was sprinting to the finish. I've managed to finish in 129 and I just thought, wow, I've done my best. I couldn't have gone any quicker. And again, check, check, check results. And I came first in my wow. category. So because of the heat, everybody else just wilted in the heat. I mean, I wilted as well, but not as much as the others. So it just goes to show whilst it wasn't the fastest race, because there are guys in my age category who can run 122. I mean, I've run a 123, but when it's hot, and hilly it slows everybody down so it's all about strategy so yeah i've done apparently it's as rare as hen's teeth qualifying at masters for all three distances so 10k half and uh, marathon so i'm looking forward to the races next year in an england vest oh well good luck with it and and it's an incredible achievement and i'm just sort of thinking how it must have been such a well, not before you went into the races, but but kind of maybe if you'd have thought about getting to that stage five years earlier. Because when we grow up, we think, oh, I'm going to represent my country, everything, football, rugby, running, whatever, doesn't matter. And then when we get to about 20, we all realise we're not going to. But there you were, suddenly having this chance a bit later in life. And what what an achievement. And it must have been must have just been incredibly proud. It it was. I mean, I, I still have to pinch myself and, you know, I've got all the trophies in the back here and and badges and it, it, it's great, you know, when you get these county champion medals, you know, gold medals, it, it's, it, it, it really does fill me with pride and the, the kids, whilst they're in their 20s now, you know, young adults, adulting and, you know, approaching 30, their 30s now is, yeah, they... they we do we do feel good i mean my missus she's very supportive of what i do and um yeah very proud and um yeah i, I mean when i was a kid i never dreamt of representing england or being international in anything because i was just totally rubbish <laughs> <laughs> everything when it came to sport you know I, I was good academically but when it came to sport i loved having a go i was always that guy who wanted to have a go and i'd be in the teams and sometimes i think they made me captain of the gymnastics team, even though I was the worst gymnast, I think some teachers took pity on me. He says, I'll oh, make him captain because he always has a go, you know. And I remember falling off one thing and I was absolutely rubbish, but they still encouraged me, you know. But, you know, sometimes it's not about having a team of all the best athletes. It's about having a team of people who want to take part and enjoy it, which I always do. I always want to enjoy um, what I do. Yeah, the enjoyment certainly seems to come through and it, it comes through in the way you talk and it comes through the way you you talk on social media as well and obviously that's where we we sort of connected as well and and I'm interested yeah. in your view on some of the 
I don't know, some of the madness around social media, because you sort of hinted at it earlier that there's there's all these hints, there's all these tips, there's a million and one different ways to do things. And and as somebody who's sort of almost, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm degrading what you've done, but you've sort of stumbled on the right solution. What do you make yeah. of uh, um, I know exactly how to do it, Brigade? Well, it's it's funny that I don't think they, they know exactly what I know how to do it, Brigade. I think there's, I, I've had... And and I still do, and you know, even in previous lives before I was running a lot of online, I think it would be classed as hate. You know, I've had racist stuff and whatever, and people doing parodies and what it's you know, it's just basic out and out jealousy and racism. Um, but the the crowd, I'll, I'll come away from it because that is the really dark side. And and I've been through yeah. one and I still get a lot of that crap. But um there's ways of dealing with that and tackling it, but that's for another debate. But only today, Craig, I saw this. Nothing to do with me, I just saw someone. They'd tweeted that anyone who says, and I'm not of this group food group anyway, but it was just the tweet, someone claiming that if you don't eat meat for two weeks, you die. <laughs> and <laughs> obviously a vegan picked up on that. And I said to the vegan lady, I says, it's it's a troll account. Don't let them go to you. I said, uh, they're just doing it deliberately. I mean, can you imagine? There's millions of people. I mean, I'm not vegan myself. I have a lot of vegan friends, but that's the type of stuff that's out there. And whilst we laugh about it, some of the things that were recommended to me and that I've seen do in runners, and some of them have very large followings, uh, would be classed as influencers. We're talking total, utter bollocks. Excuse my French, but total bollocks. And uh, now I know it's true, but at the time, as a beginner, you you didn't know. And I'm thinking, who who wants to encourage you know some of the supplements they say to take or drugs, you know, like I you know taking various painkillers before a race, before a race, which we now know can cause kidney failure. But people were advocating it. Oh, just pop pop some of these. You know, you'll be fine. It will kill. The, it will numb the pain, and you can run faster. That's the stuff that I saw seven, eight years ago. You know, whilst they can say, "Oh, we didn't have the information," no, no, it was there. The stuff now about like cold plunge therapy—it's been proven that that it kills people. You know, it's not for everyone. I love a hot sauna, and, and I did have a bit of a banter with people. I says, never mind this cold water therapy. Well, the fact that it's called cold water therapy sounds like I don't need any therapy. I'm fine. Thank you very much. But whilst I appreciate it does help people and it does have a lot of positive stuff, it's not for everybody in the same way as running has a lot of positive things, but it's not for everybody. You know, find something that uh, you enjoy. And whilst I continue to enjoy it, I'll carry on doing it. If not, I'll do something else because as I found out this summer when I wasn't able to run because of injuries, it can have quite an impact on, on your mental health when you haven't got other things to do that gives you joy. So it's important to have other things. But yeah, the know-it-all brigade, I just laugh. And and if I get hateful messages, then eventually I will block. And it's normally anonymous accounts. I never get um, people with a genuine name that have ever had a go at me directly saying that what i'm talking is low. none of them. i've only had anonymous accounts so i've had some people sometimes have a go and uh, you know say oh what, what do you think you're talking about so what it's my opinion and obviously is everyone's entitled to their um i always have this phrase craig is everybody's entitled to their wrong opinions <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah. Just very quickly, sum up in a sentence that this is probably quite hard, but the, the difference that, that running has made to your, to your life and how much you've you've grown to love it. In a sentence, well, it's just one word, really, and that's joy. It's, um, you know, my, my strap line on the YouTube is it's for the joy of running. I enjoy my running and that's why I film it. That's why I'm on social media. That's why I share it. I actually genuinely enjoy it. I'm not doing it for the, the shillings. I'm not doing it for the, uh, you know, the grind and all that kind of stuff. I definitely don't find it a grind at all. In fact, I did tweet. I said, if you don't feel like going for a run, don't. Yeah. So there's people who talk about these magic cures where, oh, you can do this, put these things. Yeah, no, you can actually do nothing. It's okay. I think some people put people on a guilt trip, but my summary would be is just joy. Just go out and enjoy it and find people who enjoy it as well. Genuinely enjoy it and run with them. You know, running with other people is is brilliant. And I've met literally thousands of people face to face who have shared their joy and told me how much they enjoy their running and want to get better and do stuff. So some people want to get better as in faster. Some people just want to learn how to enjoy it more and not be as painful. That's an absolutely brilliant message and a, and a really good way to end our conversation today, Donato. So thank you so much for joining me on Running Tales. Thank you so much, Craig, for having me on. I've loved it and uh, all the best to you too. Thanks again to Donato for joining me this week on the Running Tales podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. And if you did, then you can do that wonderful thing I ask you to do every week. Go along to wherever you listen, give us a rating, give us a positive rating, a positive review, and tell everyone just why you love Running Tales so much. It really does help other people to find the podcast so you can hear more stories like that of Donato. Remember, you can also catch Running Tales on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Substack, where our regular newsletter includes written versions of these podcasts, as well as plenty of other stuff from all around the world of running. Thanks again for joining me on this week's Running Tales podcast, and I look forward to seeing you for another Running Tale next week.